0: Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to Story Cuppings. We have an awesome mini-series planned here, thanks to my daughter, Blondie. Say hello. Hello. Okay. <laughs> you can sit down. It's all right. So what we are doing this December is we are going to take 12 days of Christmas. Of Christmas. Um, But yes, we are going to do 12 episodes highlighting books Blondie has loved over the years.
1: And I'm demanding that mom should read.
0: (laughs) So we are going to share uh, the first chapters of each story. I have not read these, as my daughter has reminded me many times. So she is going to start reading them. And then I'm going to interrupt her when I want to, uh, to comment on special things I hear in these stories. So what is the first story we are going to sip from? How to Train Your Dragon,
1: book one by Credessa Cowell. I hope I'm pronouncing that right.
0: (laughs) Okay. So it's the first book, How to Train Your Dragon. All right. It's not the movie. Right. Okay. Take it away, kiddo. Yes, you can read the chapter name.
1: Chapter 1, First Catch Your Dragon. Long ago, on the wild and windy isle, isle of Berk, a smallish viking with a longish name stood up to his ankles in the snow. Hiccup Heridius Haddock Third, the hope and hare to the tribe of the hairy hooligans, had been feeling slightly sick ever since he woke up that morning. Ten boys, including Hiccup were hoping to become full members of the tribe by passing the Dragon Initiation Program. They were standing on a bleak little beach in the bleakest spot on the whole bleak island. Heavy snow was falling. PAY ATTENTION! screamed Gobber the Belch, the soldier in charge of teaching initiation. This will be a first military operation, and Hiccup will be commanding the team! Oh no, not Hiccup! Grown Dogs Breath, to the brain and most of the other boys. You can't put Hiccup in charge, sir. He's useless. Hiccup Heridius Haddock the III, the hope and hair to the tribe of hairy hooligans, wiped his nose miserably on his sleeve. He sank a little deeper into the snow. Anybody will be better than Hiccup, sneered Snotface loud Even fish legs would be better than
0: Hiccup. Okay, pause, pause. Pause. All right, so in about how long did you read? You were like just over a page, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have oops, that's the map. So in a little over a page, we get a clear sense of this kid named hiccup and I mean right off the bat with a name like hiccup. Who likes getting hiccups? Nobody. So, right off the bat, the kid's got a name that just inspires unlikableness. And that is a kind of name that, you know, other kid readers, you wouldn't want to be called that, would you, kiddo?
1: No, it kind of means you're a mistake or something.
0: Yeah, it sucks for a name, and that's his name, so he's stuck with it. That's his identity. And that just, it says a lot in that name. As a writer, those name choices are huge. And granted, as you hear of other names, you know, kids that are named fish legs and what is it? Snotlout and dog breath. I mean, we can all laugh at those names, but in the end those name choices still do mean something. And as writers, when we are naming our characters, we should be naming them with a purpose. It doesn't have to be in your face about it, but those names do still have purpose. You you want to say something? What's it, up? like,
1: describes their personality. Like, Snotlout means, like, he's a snot face about everything. It's even in his name, Snotface snot Snotlout. Because he's being all, nah <coughs> about hiccup and stuff. And that's just mean. so you know right off the bat.
0: Yes, you are absolutely right. And then we have Gobber. and I, I'm it, I, It's a shame. I mean, I love that we can do these podcast things, but it's a shame you can't see the illustrations in the book series, How to Train Your Dragon. The illustrations are priceless. I mean, the movies are, are very sleek and all, but the illustrations really do look like something a kid would create, and they are glorious. So if you have a kid who enjoys drawing or doodling, but is not much of a reader. Do you
1: think they'd like these, kid- kiddo? Oh, yeah. They don't look like they're fancier.
0: They? I mean, it just, it look I think, I can see how a series like this would speak to a young reader. I mean, not just because you've got names like Dog Breath, but you also have drawings in them that show character. They're... Very unique.
1: Alright, let's Fails, get- They also have descriptions, like this Gobber the Belch picture has has him say, Gobber the Belch, idiot in charge of initiation.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'll let you get back to reading the first chapter, Joe.
1: Fish legs had a squint that made him blind as a jellyfish, and an allergy to reptiles. Silence! Worded Gobber the Belch. Next boy to speak has limpets for lunch for the next three weeks! There was absolute silence immediately. Limpets, lip, limpets are a bit like worms and a bit like snot, and a lot less tasty than either. Hello. <laughs> Hiccup will be in charge, and that is an order! Screamed Gobber, who didn't do noises quieter than screaming. He was a seven-foot giant with a mad glint in his one working eye and a beard like exploding fireworks. Despite the freezing cold, he was wearing hairy shorts and a teeny-weeny deerskin vest that showed off his lobster-red skin and bulging muscles. He was holding a flaming torch in one gigantic fist. Hiccup will be leading you, although he is, admittedly, completely useless, because Hiccup is the son of a chief. and That's the way things go with us Vikings. Where do you think you are, the Republic of Rome? Anyway, that is the least of your problems today. You are here to prove yourself as a Viking hero. And it is ancient tradition of the hu- of the hooligan tribe that you should. Gobber paused dramatically. First, catch your
0: dragon. Uh, oh, suffering scalps. All right, I'm going to pause again. Because this is. I know. I still remember, dearest Blondie, when you were younger and I was trying to get you to read these books. Yeah. And you didn't like that it wasn't like the movie. And that's something that I know some folk will probably throw some kiddos off. Is yeah. that in the movie, kid uh, Vikings and dragons are enemies, and in this book, they're more like slaves. Really, like they're creatures
1: and animals that you catch and then you force to do your bidding in this,
0: which isn't all that great either. But I mean, oh, at I'm least sorry. they're
1: not like killing them on right.
0: Yeah, so we don't have murdering dragons like you do in the movie because they're fighting each other and they're killing each other and stuff
1: well not on screen because of children and stuff well but. yeah okay <laughs> if, there's an, if there was a if there was a rated r movie version of this but it's st- <laughs> I don't, we don't need a rated r version of how to trade your dragon it
0: might anyway no <laughs> no <laughs> said no Okay, but, I mean, it, it's a it's a big change-up in world-building. That's, that's where I'm going with this. Okay. We have in world-building the fact that this is a traditional thing that the tribe has done for a long time, that they catch their dragons. This is something they're used to doing. This is just a part of their normal everyday spiel that they catch these dragons, which was completely abnormal in the movie. But I love on how, just because it's dictated this, this is tradition, this is what we normally do, we are very much in a fantastical setting now, because it's not just Vikings with really weird names. It's Vikings with really
1: weird names catching dragons on a regular basis.
0: There we go. (laughs) All right, let's see how they do this.
1: Oh, suffering scallops. Thought hiccup.
0: Our dragons are what set us apart,
1: bellowed Gobber. Lesser humans train hawks to hunt for them, horses to carry them. It is only the Viking heroes who dare to tame the wildest, most dangerous creatures on earth. Gobber spat solemnly into the snow. There are three parts to the dragon initiation test. The first and most dangerous part of the test of your courage and skill at burglary. If you wish to enter the Harry hooligan tribe, you must first catch your dragon. And that is why, continued Gobber at full volume, I have brought you to the scenic spot. Take a look at Wild Dragon Cliff itself. The ten boys tipped their heads backward. The cliff loomed dizzingly dizzying, high above them, black and sinister. In summer, you could barely even see the cliff as dragons of all shapes and sizes swarmed over it, snapping and biting and sending up a cacophony
0: cacophony
1: Cacophony of, that's a big word of noise that could be heard all over Burke. I gotta pause this again
0: because there are some big words in this
1: book. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean this is geared. this is a middle grade book, right? Yeah, this isn't young adult. So I do love that we have these mix of goofy doodles, names that have to do with boogers. And then really big terms like cacophony. I mean, that's a nice little mix of regular vocabulary and challenging terminology. And I'm just saying that as a writer that, you know, again, you're trying to get younger readers to read. you got to expose them to cool words like cacophony because that, that word needs to show up more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blondie, you are directed to use the word cacophony at school tomorrow. Yay! Alright, go back to
1: eat. They probably have no idea what I mean by that. I'll just do it anyway. Whatever. (laughs) But in the winter, the dragons were hibernating, and the cliff fell silent, except for the ominous, low rumble of their snores. Hiccup could feel the vibrations through his sandals. Now! said Gobber. Do you notice these four caves about halfway up the cliff grouped roughly in the shape of a skull? The boys nodded. Inside the cave, that would be the right eye of the skull, is the dragon nursery From where From where there are, at this very moment, three thousand young dragons are having their last few weeks of winter sleep. Ooh, <laughs> muttered the boys excitingly, excitedly. Hiccup swallowed hard. He had expect- he had happened to know considerably more about dragons than anybody else there. Ever since he was a small boy, he'd been fascinated by the creatures. He spent hour after hour after long hour dragon watching in secret. Dragon spotters were thought to be geeks and nerds, hence the need for secrecy. And from and what Hiccup had learned about dragons told him that walking into a cave with three thousand dragons in it was an act of madness. No one else seemed to seem too concerned, however. In a few minutes, I want you to take one of these baskets and start climbing the cliff," commanded Gobber the Belch. "Once you are at the cave entrance, you are on your own. I am too large to squeeze my way into the tunnels that lead into the dragon nursery. You m- will enter the cave quietly. That means you too, Warty Hog, unless you want to become the first spring meal for three thousand young, three thousand hungry dragons. Ha! <laughs> His little <laughs> joke and then he continued Dragons this size are normally fairly harmless to man but these numbers but in these numbers they will sit upon you like piranhas. there will be nothing left of you even a fat are like you walk hog just a wordy hog just like a pile of bones in your helmet <laughs> so you will walk quietly through the cave and each boy will steal one sleeping dragon Lift the dragon gently from the rock and place it into your basket. Any questions so far? Nobody had any questions. In the unlikely event that you do wake up the dragons, and you would have to be idiotically stupid to do so, run like thunder for the entrance to the cave. Dragons do not like cold weather, and the snow will probably stop them in their tracks. Probably, thought Hiccup. Oh well, that's reassuring. I suggest that you spend a little time choosing your dragon. It is important to get one the correct size. This will be the dragon that hunts fish for you and pulls down deer for you. You will catch the dragon that will carry you into battle later on, when you are much older and a warrior of the tribe. But nonetheless, you want an impressive animal. So a rough guide would be, choose the biggest creature that would fit into your basket. Don't linger too long in there. Linger? thought Hiccup. And a cave full of 3,000 sleeping dragons? Oh,
0: pause. So, I know, Blondie, earlier you were mentioning how dragons are kind of treated like slaves in the book series. And here is where we get that first sense of it on how you're training the dragon to do your hunting and to be ridden. So you're basically out to domesticate the dragon. Which is not easy. It's not. What? It's not easy. Giant winged
1: fire-breathing reptiles that could rip your skull off. Oh. Pleasant.
0: (laughs) Why, yes, it is indeed pleasant. Okay. (laughs) So with that vision, here we go more time left. How much of this chapter is left here? Uh, well, I don't think we're going to get the whole chapter. Oh, yeah, this? Yeah. No, this. Yeah. Well, let's just see if we, let's spin, read one more part, and then we'll share some closing thoughts.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep going. I need not tell you, Gobber continued cheerfully, that if you return to this spot without a dragon, it is hardly worth coming back at all. Anyone who fails this task will be put into immediate exile the hairy, the hairy hooligan tribe has no use for failures. Only the strong can belong. Unhappily, Hiccup looked round at the distant horizon. Nothing but snow and sea as far as the eye could see. Exile didn't look too promising either. Right, said Gobber briskly. Each boy take a basket to put their dragon in, and we'll get going. The boys rushed to get their baskets, chattering happily and excitedly. I'm going to get one of those monstrous nightmare ones with extra extendable claws. They're really scary, boasted Snotlout. Oh, shut up, Snotlout, you can't, said Speedfist. Only Hiccup can have a monstrous nightmare, and you have to be the son of a chief. Hiccup's father was Stoke the Vest, the fearsome chief of the hairy hooligan tribe. Hiccup, sneered Snotlout, if he's useless at this as he is in- at Bashie ball." We'll be lucky if he even gets one of the basic browns. The basic brown was the most common type of dragon, a serviceable beast, but without much glamour. Shut up and get the line, you miserable tadpoles! yelled Gobber yelled the Belch. The boys scrambled into their places, baskets on their bas- backs, and stood to attention. Gobber walked along the line, lighting the torch that each boy held in front of them from the great flare in his hand. In half an hour's time, you will be a Viking warrior with your faithful serpent at your side. Or breakfasting with Woden and Valhalla with the dragon's teeth in your bottom, screamed Gobber with horrible enthusiasm. Death or glory! <laughs> yelled Gobber. <laughs> Death or glory! yelled eight boys back at him fanatically. Death, the hiccup and fish legs sadly. Gobber paused dramatically with the horn to his lips. I think this could possibly be the worst moment of my life so far! Thought Hiccup to himself as he waited for the blast of the horn. And if they shout much louder, we're going to wake up those dragons before we even start. Gar-
0: Garber blew the horn. <laughs> oh, we didn't get through the first chapter! Okay... That's a really great spot to end, too, because this is that's a climactic moment! I mean, we've just met these folks, and as Hiccup rightfully pointed out, all that noise could easily wake up the dragons before they've even tried to get in there. And I'm not going to ask you to tell us what happens next because okay. you shouldn't. All right. Is it exciting? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> it's funny bad part too. <laughs> <laughs> it would you recommend other people read How to Train Your Dragon?
1: Definitely.
0: Awesome. So I think this is as a writer, this is a really fun chapter to break down because you're getting quite a bit of world building in the midst of dialogue and consistent action. We are not getting any flashbacks here and any sort of exposition is extremely minimum. Like the one or two sentences about stoic, the chief, because the chief's not there. But it's to be clear that Hiccup is the chief son. Um, But we are getting a lot of the world building through their actions, through what they are there to do. And that's the sort of thing we should always be thinking about as writers. How can we continue building a world as things are happening? So we don't have to pause action for the sake of, oh, and this is how this all works. We don't want to do that. We want things to keep moving along we
1: want to have suspense and see if they can figure it out for themselves that
0: too that's really important we don't want the characters to be all perfect
1: we because we need the suspense so that they keep reading if you just tell them everything in the beginning they'll just think that's all there is to read
0: yeah nope that's an excellent point my kiddo and oh we are at time so um can you give us a hint, Blondie, what we're going to look at next? Can you give us a hint without telling us the title? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs>
1: It has more dragons in it. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Okay, so we are going to be continuing our flight with dragons next time, but a different series. I made that a provision with my daughter that with the, all these books she's picked out, they cannot all, they have to all be from different series or just different books. They cannot just, it can't be, you know, the whole How to Train Your Dragon series. That'll be fun. I know. I going to well, do a podcast about that. There yeah. you go. I know my daughter really wants to start a podcast, too. Well, we'll see how this goes now, Yeah. Okay. Hope you enjoyed! Yes! We hope you enjoyed this, and we hope you come back for day, for next time. Because we're going to try and do this every other day. We're going to, it's going to be coming close up until Christmas, because we're going to do these for 12 days. This is our first tour. Tor- okay. <laughs> until next time. Read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Yes, Cheers.